When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, here we are. We are back. So, first thing for this week, I just saw Jordan Peterson went on Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay. Uh, didn't get to watch the whole thing. It's four hours long. Just came out. and But I did see they put some of the clips on YouTube, and the one that I watched was on the Bible and his beliefs around the Bible. He says that the Bible is the fundamental thing, at least in Western civilization, upon which truth is based. And he establishes that in this argument because— uh, Ideas are built on other ideas, and books are built on other books, and the Bible is like the fundamental book upon which all other books are, you know, or most other books come from. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was like, I felt like he it's just asserted the, it's that. It's not the first it's book not that the was oldest written. Yeah, yeah. It's like, didn't, didn't they just copy Epic of Gilgamesh? Didn't, didn't that go back? And then maybe he means the stories that are within there. Um, when I listen to him talk about the Bible, I get the strong impression of someone who— Starts with the conclusion in mind, which mm-hmm. is this needs to be incredibly important and not, and how, how can that be true? And then says things to make that true. Well, wouldn't, sorry, either the Bible is written directly from God or heavily influenced by God. Oh, no, or, that's not the claim that he makes. No, no, but I'm saying if it's a book of anecdotes and stories that are meant to be parables, there were parables before the Bible. So the Bible would then be an amalgamation of stories based on other stories. So yes. why would you make it? Why would you make it the keystone? Unless well, he it was would probably say those divinely were the, inspired. He, those were the the those are even older stories that were codified and collected in the Bible. Perhaps he would say, but why the Bible over other religious texts? Yeah, why not the Vedas? Why not the <laughs> yeah yeah? This is how and is this true in China as well? And if not, how come our conception of truth is so similar to Chinese peoples? Like if this is if this is the necessary structure upon which truth is built but it's culturally dependent upon having been in the West and like wasn't introduced in the same way in India or China that have, I think, very similar understandings of what is true and important in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that happen? How is that explained? And I, I feel like there's a lot of, I, I do enjoy listening to him on a lot of topics. When he gets into this one, what I take from it that is valuable, and I think he correctly pointed out, is that the stories in the Bible have not simply lasted by accident. They, not all of them, many of them, have profound impacts uh, psychologically on the way that people feel when they when they hear them. Some stories yeah. are just better than I, others, and I think yes. that there's good stories, a well, lot of good ones in there. I don't disagree, but I also <laughs> think that, in general, religions evolve to survive, not dissimilar from organisms. And I think there's probably a lot of stories in the Bible that aren't good yeah. or that have messages we don't agree with, and people just don't 
reference them. Yes. When they're I talking about the, the that is the unbreakable truth of the Bible. Majority yeah, they just ignore the, the parts that <laughs> about not wearing eating shellfish. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. That and there's and that that those were useful for a time, but the idea that a deep truth is in you know the injunctions of how one should treat one's slaves is just clearly that that might have been an important parable at the time when we were deciding how we should interact with our servants and slaves, but that we should read any line in the Bible and assume that it has tremendous import for us today now, as opposed to be curious if it has tremendous mm-hmm. import. It seems backwards. Like, Well, yeah, my two questions are basically just why why that religious text and not all the religious texts that exist beside it. Why not the Iliad? Why not the Odyssey? Why, yeah, right. yeah. Why not the story? Yeah, exactly. The great Greek and Roman stories that have still stood the test of time. Yeah. And then also, what about all the stuff we ignore? Yeah, I agree. So. My dog has gone insane. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I, when I listen to him talk about that, I, I get the strong impression of someone who is committed to landing on the Bible is true. <laughs> How can I get there? And doesn't and does it semantically rather than, in my opinion, when I listen to him, it doesn't seem like it's coming from. I'm curious where this takes me. It's like I know where this needs to take me. How do we arrive there? Is mm-hmm. what I get when I listen to him, and I I do think for instance that like does joe push him on it uh not in the clip that i watched he might um that's interesting i think he listens he's there he's there to listen and i think he when you he has raised and he was the first person that i heard who made a good point because i perceived the bible i think incorrectly as fairy tales for a long time just like random assortions of fairy tales and i think to reduce it to that is to miss i do think there's psychological importance to some of the stories in the bible um that is more than your average fairy tale and life lessons that can be gleaned from some mm-hmm. of the stories in the Bible. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I really genuinely think that's also true of the religions of ancient Egypt, yeah. Norse mythology, mm-hmm. Greek and Roman mythology. I think they all have messages that deeply resonated with the populace at the time and stand yeah. the test of time. And to your as point, long as you just ignore all the ones that and don't. And to your point that there's an evolutionary process that's deciding which of the ones make it through, you know, that people will continue to tell because they continue to be relevant, you know, century after century after century. Well, I'm saying even just today, if you find someone who's religious and you say, what are the Bible stories? What are the best Bible stories? They're going to tell you the ones that still make sense today. Yeah. And they might not even have read or been taught the ones that mm-hmm. clearly just don't hold I'm up. Reminded of this, I'm reminded of the scene in uh, 12 Years a Slave where he's quoting the Bible. And this, the servant who disobeys his master will be met with many, a great many lashes. You know, it's like, says it right here. Yeah, yeah. It's incredibly important for how we behave in the world. And now it's like, no, if you like go against your master God, like you will suffer in the world. And it's, you know, Sam Harris, I think when discussing Jordan makes the point, it's if you took this level of willingness to make words mean other things and applied it to a cookbook, you could find tremendous spiritual wisdom in a recipe for baking a cake because mm-hmm. the three eggs related to the, you know, of course, the three part of the man, the divine and <laughs> whatever. Sure. Uh, so yeah, when I listen, when I listen to that, I, uh, I, I find it, I, I just think he's, he's not on the mark. I think yeah. when I listen Unfortunately, to that. he's never had a discussion about religion with someone that pushed back except for Sam Harris. Right. And, that and one those, became, those went nowhere. Went so, yeah, uh, they it devolved. became very semantic. Yes, yes. And it was there. They were trying to 
they couldn't even get off the ground because they were discussing what truth is. And so when Sam would say that's not true, he's like, well, what do you mean by truth? And it just never, it never went anywhere. Yeah. Um, which was a bummer. So yeah, um, that was one thing. Another thing that I, I already mentioned to you, but um, this is not meant as a uh, criticism. Well, no, it's not meant personally. It was meant as a, a noticing of like how we conduct ourselves generally in the world. I was watching an Alex Hormozzi video and he was describing his sales process to a guy and how he dialed in the process. And the part that I personally didn't like is that at one point in the sales process where he is um, instructing his sales team how to close people, they get the prospect on the phone, they're talking to him and say, you know what, you seem like you would be a really good fit for our thing. Let me see if I can put you in touch with one of uh, the people who actually delivers this. And they put the person on speakerphone and have a scripted fake conversation where they go, hey, do you have some time? And this guy, whose full-time job is to close, by the way, says, I don't know, I'm pretty busy right now, which is not true. <laughs> you know, he's, mm-hmm. this is like, he's been waiting for this call. Well, he's also a sales closer and they position him as a customer success I don't person? know exactly, I don't want to get it wrong, but like, the, okay. the, but it's positioned as, here's this surprising, off the cuff, mm-hmm. can you do it? I've only got 15 minutes. Okay, like, um, they're trying to give him an air of, authority and uh the whole interaction a feeling of like randomness that Mm -hmm. it does not have and there are what i think he would even say are like just straight up lies told in order to accomplish that end Mm -hmm. and as he's telling it the person that he's speaking to is going oh my god that's so amazing that's so great uh and it just got me thinking how i think culturally i don't know if it's just people in certain industries or what the comfort with outright untruths that if we were just to say like is that true i think even everybody involved would say no it's not yeah like why why do we then lie (laughs) in order to accomplish what we want most people don't have the extreme negative charge around the word lie that you do Mm -hmm. like through living through six pillars of self-esteem and some other stuff that you can probably talk about on the podcast you think that lying is a very big deal and very bad. Mm-hmm. It is not most people's relationship with lying at all. Yeah. They will lie because it's convenient. Hey, are you on your way? They'll just be in bed in their underwear. <laughs> yep, in some traffic. Well, and I and I mentioned this yesterday, which is like, look, I think there's a spectrum of lies which I participate in. And I'd be like, on my way is like, technically I'm putting my socks on. I'm not on my way. Yeah, but know, I don't like, think people think it's a big deal at all. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everybody will say that they're honest. Yes. And not count their lies. Yes. And, 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 I, and I think that applies to me as well. And I just want to be clear, like there's videos we have like how to command respect immediately. And I go, is it technically immediate? It's like, no, you have to say words and then it has to be heard. And that is like, it's not immediate. It's, it's just not. That's not, not a 60 word, second delay. It's pretty solid. But that's not what immediate means. And, and it's like, that's, that's fudging it. And there's other, there's other titles that we have. If I were to look at it, it's like, that's you know, not literally true. And I think, I think lies occur on a spectrum. Yeah. So, sure. so, so, so what I'm saying, everybody lies. Mm-hmm. Everybody think their lies are okay. So you, your question is why are people so comfortable lying in sales? My response is why wouldn't they be? Mm-hmm. Everybody is comfortable lying, especially when it is, can, is good for them. them. Yeah. And so I spoke to a guy who's more successful than us in business. And I had uh, reached out to him and was asking for advice. And his ethos for sales was, if you think that what you're selling is good, 
then you have an ethical, and I don't believe this, just to be clear, an yeah, ethical obligation. demand. Obligation, yeah, is what he said. To sell as much as you can, even if it involves lying. Now, conveniently, that only applies to products where you are personally enriched when you sell them. So you <laughs> do not have to go out and lie to get people to go to see Spider-Man No Way Home exactly. because you enjoyed it. You don't have to tell them, you know, there, there's money under every seat and there's $20 if you just show and, But to be clear, I, th I actually think this is just a universal thing. And anyone who says, I don't do this, I would just <laughs> encourage you to maybe pause, take yeah. a deep breath and, and look around your life more uh, with more critical eye. Mm -hmm. But this is, this was our, my complaint. I don't uh, like that people eat mammals and I wish more people were pescatarian or vegetarian or vegan, but I didn't like the documentary Cowspiracy for this exact reason. The guy pretends that he's a meat eater who has a curiosity around the meat industry. And the whole documentary goes through that frame of I'm learning along with oh you. Oh my gosh, shocking. And yeah. the guy's been a vegan he's an for activist. years. He's been an, and activist, an activist on years, this. Yeah. And he made this documentary that is a lie because in his mind, lying to the audience is far less important and completely justified if it converts people to being a vegan. Yeah. Whereas what I would say is make a documentary that's honest just about why you're a vegan and why being a vegan makes sense. But he chose not to do that. And I think legitimately almost every single human does that. Uh, they lie and I, when I it's would. convenient and they lie when it helps them get stuff. And then they say that they're honest because they most of the time tell the truth. What color is my shirt? Purple. How is it outside? It's sunny. Like most of the words that they say mm -hmm. are honest. And so everybody thinks that they're honest. Even scammers. Even people who are professionally, yeah. like Alex is not. I'm saying straight up scammers that call old people and convince them to transfer money, money yeah. because of fabricated lies. Straight up scammers would be like, I'm honest most of the time. I'm a pretty honest person, mm -hmm. except when I'm doing my scams, of course, but that's an hour a day. <laughs> but like with my friends, yeah, yeah. I don't lie except for when I lie to them. But yeah. like I mostly don't lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, your question. To You're me, just saying that that fits in the normal range of human behavior your that question isn't to even me was, industry specific. Why is it so, why are people so comfortable? You asked this off air. Why are people so comfortable lying to make more money? Why don't they just make less money? And my thing is, that's just for whatever reason, the totally default thing. And so people don't, when they get a sales script that goes well, that, it's not even like a question. They just go, yeah, of course, this is what sales is. This is also what well, life is. I'll ask a question about us. Like, should we not use the word immediately? And I say this in the context, truly believing that there are like, I'll give you an example of a perfectly justifiable good lie. The Nazis knock at your door. Is Anne Frank hiding upstairs? No, sir, she is not. Like, I'm not going to fight you, quibble with you, or argue over that if you're lying to save someone from the Holocaust, I think I stand behind you firmly. Yeah. Um, on the other, you know, and then we could have a horrible lie that is like, you know, did you cheat on your wife last night and you did? You're like, I, I would say that you should say yes. Some people would put that one in the middle and go, well, actually, you've got this marriage to protect and there's kids and you shouldn't say yes. Yeah, a lot of people so, yeah, would do so, And I guess we have no, different areas. And a more cut and dry one that still, obviously, some people are like, no, that's a good lie because I need the money is, hey, there's been bank fraud in your name and I need your social security number yeah, and yeah. your bank account numbers. And we, like that's a harmful lie. But some people would go, no, it's not because that person's old and they're going to, and like clearly they think this way because they do it. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. steal from people. So they obviously think it's or, justified. Yeah, or if, you know, another justifiable lie, you know, you're, you're accused of, um, I don't know, some sort of a crime. Let's say you didn't commit it, but the only way to be convincing is to lie about it. You know, because your alibi they find un 
convincing or something. Or let's say that you're well, as someone who did a video on police interrogations, <laughs> I would encourage the not audience to do that. Yeah, not yeah. to do that. <laughs> That's not an In effective fact, strategy. Don't even try to tell the truth. Just don't say shit. Because often <laughs> what happens is they'll be like, "Hey, what were you doing two Thursdays ago?" And you say, "I was with yeah. Ben and I think Ivan and Henry were there." And you're just treating it casually because you don't mm-hmm. realize you're a suspect. And they talk to me and I go, uh, I was out with Charlie, but Henry wasn't there. Yeah. And then in court, they're like, while being interrogated, Charlie lied about who was there. There's holes in his story. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And Say they nothing. legitimately arrest people by doing that. So, Got it. Well, so I guess when you do get arrested, don't lie or tell the truth. There's, just no get fir- there's no firm line here, but I guess here's what I could say is if you have, when you divorce yourself from a particular selfish goal, so my selfish goal is I want people to click my videos, right? And so that I can maintain this business and run it. Um, it's much easier to be truthful. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, if I woke up with a billion dollars in my bank account, it would be easier for me to go, you know what? Let's just cut the word immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just cut it. Like, let's just call it how to command respect. Um, Cause that I can stand behind. It seems like what you want to do is uh, increase the amount of things in your life, which feel unimportant well let me so yeah let me <laughs> so that you can be uh more of an honest judge of your own behavior and not self-justify so fibs let me push you on that what if you're the guy that did conspiracy and you do genuinely think that the meat industry is this generation's holocaust and slavery mm-hmm. and you're saying well just be honest and like don't worry so much about converting vegans and he's saying i don't care that i pissed ben altman off who by the way went pescatarian of his own oh, accord. sorry my i actually don't have my issue with cowspiracy is a practical one more than a like. What, I, what I'm saying is you're, you're saying, well, if you didn't care about anything, you wouldn't lie, which I think mm-hmm. is true. The cowspiracy yeah. guy wouldn't lie. Salespeople wouldn't lie. But I, I'm saying people do genuinely think, mm-hmm. like, so, listen, sometimes people I think cheat on their wives guys, and they just slip it. But sometimes people go, this was worth the yeah. karmic debt that I have to pay yeah. for lying because I, I did convince people to not eat, stop eating meat. meat. I think that he's very similar to the person whose door is being knocked on in the Holocaust. So here's my thing. That's how people feel when they lie to sell things. Yeah. And you, as an outsider, don't share that opinion. Mm-hmm. But they think that because they have to help their family or yes. they've convinced themselves yes. that what they're selling is genuinely good and actually does help people and so this isn't well bad. it might help people yeah yeah it might it might genuinely i, well, I, so I think start, alex's course is really good and people probably benefited on average tremendously well this is joining. what so let's say so let's talk about alex ramosi he he could put a very convincing argument that his course changes lives materially takes gym owners from and so i would, can barely yeah, succeed yeah. to i'm comfortably running a successful business which helps them their clients their family and so then in the course of that is pretending that you're busy when you're not, when you're that second guy on the sales call, good or bad. I'm not going to say one way or the other. I'm saying like everybody from their perspective thinks that theirs is totally legitimate mm-hmm. and that they are largely in the clear. Yes. So I don't, I don't know how to actually go out in the world and give people a metric for how to know when they're hiding Anne Frank versus when they're scamming grandmas because most people's aren't that cut and dry and they feel very strongly that they're closer to the Anne Frank side of things than the scammer side of things. Yeah. And so the question is like, what's a type of rule that you could, I mean, this is like, you could go Kantian, like, can I universalize lying in principle in this thing? I also think that one of the- Well, I actually think you could universalize it, but there's so much bias. So for instance, 
is it bad to genuinely change people's lives for the better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you describe this you is know the problem what I'm saying? And so this it's is, like, this is the problem no, with Yeah. That's fine. Everyone's like, in this universe, everyone gets told a little white lie, buys gym, whatever it's called, gym mm -hmm. launch. launch, gym launch, and then becomes happy, loves that they spent the money, and is rich. And then the problem is like, well, now you need, in order to follow this Kantian rule, you need to be able to accurately assess your product. Correct. Which also has a shit ton of bias because if your product sucks, you have to go out of business and get a job you don't want. Yeah. So now everybody thinks that their product is great. Yeah. So, well, this is a side note, and I've mentioned it before, but the problem with, in one of the problems with Kant is that it's like how you frame the principle totally dictates. Like, is murder okay? Can you universalize that principle? Should you murder someone when you're upset with them? No. Should you murder someone when, when you're upset with them for having murdered your family? Yes. Well, which of these frames wins out? Because it, it leads to different descriptions okay. of of how we're going to behave in the world. So it's, it's a serious uh, oversight. The other thing that I'm just thinking about, because we've talked about lies and I've written about them in the past, I think like the uh, metaphysical structure of a lie, it's that it's, it's kind of like going into debt. Like you take a debt in order to get something you want right now. Mm -hmm. So like, I want to make this sale right now. I want you to click this video right now. And I don't want to um, have to go through the laborious task of truthfully uh, changing my product such that it really does command respect immediately because that would require me to like... But there is no debt if the person purchasing gym launch thinks it was the greatest thing they ever did. No, you miss the debt. The debt is that for the rest of their life, the way that they engage with people is colored by that interaction. And it's it's if you if you draw the boundaries around that interaction, like was it worth it for you to buy gym launch? Yes. But like... There is a uh, social debt that goes around when we can't trust one another. When, when now what it is required to sell the next product to them is an additional lie because we are expecting such. What if it weren't? What if, what if the product was just amazing and they went, oh, well, now I have a ton of goodwill and now they can be sold to honestly because of all the goodwill of going through the first product? I think that there is a, when you circumvent the truth to mm -hmm. get an outcome that you want with a lie, I think that there are inevitable outcomes from that that, uh, how do I describe it best? I guess I'm, I'm trying to, to apply a pattern to this that I saw in my own life. So like I say to you that I'm on my way when I know I'm not on my way. That is a social grace that smooths things over for a moment. But it tr trains me that I can't be honest, that I don't, I don't even trust myself. So then self-reflection becomes more difficult because I know that I am likely to deceive myself and some other area of my life years later is negatively impacted by that. I suspect that that same pattern is true of any lies told such that the world that we would all like to live in, but we would have to all agree because one person defecting just screws it up. Yeah, this is that this movie is, with yeah. Ricky, Ricky Gervais where he's the only person that can lie and it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Everything goes his way because no one else can lie. Yes. So, and it's kind of like, it's an arms race. It's like, okay, so I'll tell this lie. Well, it's like, guess what? In order to sell, now everybody has to tell that lie. So now we live in a world inundated with, with that. And so- And that's where we live is every salesperson yes. lies so aggressively that literally, when you're going to buy a car, you just have to go, everything this person says is a lie. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, this is the lowest I can go. Probably a lie. If yeah. you leave, it's probably going to be gone. Probably a lie. Even if they tell the truth, you and just it's go, like, this is probably a lie. The world that we'd all like to live in is where we could all trust one another to communicate honestly and be like, here's the deal. And you know what Alex could say in that world is like, this is probably the best product that you will buy this year. And he would- Can I be honest? No yeah. one, 
people are going to bite back on this, but what the world people want to live in is where everyone else does that. And, and they, they can lie. <laughs> yeah, and they I know can. people are going to say, no, no, it's not true. But that is true. Because that's, here's what you would have to do is you would have to then make amazing products in order to sell them. Because you would have to be like, well, this thing that I'm selling really sucks. Most people are, and I'm not saying this if is If you're not that skilled, <laughs> you'd have to go into job interviews yeah. talking about how you're mediocre. Yes. If you don't want to work the extra hours, you'd have to tell them you're going to leave at five. My last girlfriend was way better than me and realized it. And so she broke up with me. So I'm kind of <laughs> nervous yeah, about Why are you on the stage? Well, I, you know, I really feel like I... <laughs> You're much prettier than most of the people I go out with. Yeah. I think something has gone awry here. Like no, one I just want to sleep with you once and then never speak to you again. It's yes. kind of my plan, but I'm going to pretend in this dinner to be interested in a much more committed relationship. Yeah, yeah like, most people, some <laughs> people would say, I don't even want other people to interact with me that way. I prefer the yeah. lies. Well, some people would literally just prefer when they're like, do I look fat? To be told no, yeah. even though they've been putting well, on weight. So, so the value but of the even truth. the people who value the truth, if they weren't being held to it, most of them would start slipping into being that first white liar. Even of if everyone course. else gun to their head, no one else could do the white lies. The one person that wasn't getting electrocuted in the brain when they did it would just start slipping towards yeah. lying. And then they'd start selling more and feeling amazing and prioritizing money over integrity. And it, it would just happen yeah. again, I think. So I actually think most people don't want to live in that world. They want to live in the world where no one else can lie in their sales copy. Yeah. And when they're the customer, no one can lie to them. Yeah. But when they're the seller... Maybe like a little white lie. And I think that's where most people would end up if they could truly. Mm -hmm. Well, magic as I'm, wand as, it. and I'm thinking, because I think the idea of a lie as debt is very true. Because what happens when you, like, just on a personal level, I remember reading Six Pillars and being like, I have to be honest. And it started with, like, I don't want to talk to her. She's too, you know, busy. She looks like she's mean anyway. And then as you reflect, you're like, I was terrified. She probably isn't mean. I was just really afraid and didn't want to approach her. And my friends were, I, I didn't want them to judge me negatively. So when you pay that debt, then you have to live with that discomfort. And then at some point you probably go, she's probably not mean. She did kind of look at me. I'm going to go speak to her. This is, this is terrifying. Yeah, you make so the you, awesome product. You change the product, mm -hmm. which is difficult and takes time and it's nerve wracking and terrible. Um, but ultimately is a very good thing. And I wonder if it's like, and I'm not saying, again, I'm just thinking, so like if we couldn't write titles that were more engaging and exciting than the videos behind them, we would either fail or have to make videos that were even better than we currently do, you know? And it's like, same thing is true of the sales process is if you can't tell lies in order to get this person to buy, you actually need an organization is full so that you have to make an awesome product like an even awesomer such that it sells the shit out of itself and there is no time for a sales team to outbound try to track down new leads because it's just so infectious um and that's impossible or or at least very hard yeah i don't think the the issue is that you're you just had to be comfortable making less. I mean, we make a lot less money in Charisma on Command because of a lot of our marketing rules. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, this, I actually think it has been helpful for us because like, look, we're, there's a lot of issues with um, structurally with our business. One of them is that if you come in and look at it as an outsider, we don't have an upsell. There's not like a product that mm -hmm. we go to. And we've been, what should it be? What should it be? What should it be? Um, and there's stuff like I worked with Ali Abdul on his YouTube course, genuinely thought it was great, was happy to be part of it. But like, we can't find these things and so we asked ourselves, what is the thing that I can wholeheartedly recommend? And the answer is psychedelics. Like, mm -hmm. not, not just randomly to do, but like in, in a good situation with a good person. Uh, and I think long term, 
us focusing on that rather than saying, what can I sell right now that I have available to me, which would make more money this year, sure. is likely to pay us back. I'll start more. by saying, I think cyclically, you're just better off making less money, but being happier. And I think that lying is, uh, it weighs on people. So just selfishly, I'm, I'm a proponent of not lying, but that's an anecdote about us. I'll give you one about Mark Zuckerberg. It's called, he lies every time he buys a business. <laughs> he goes in and says he wants to partner with them, does a fuck ton of diligence, lowballs them. And then if they don't take the lowball, just creates a copycat of them and drives <laughs> them out of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meta is a lot bigger than Criswell Command. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, is he happy? Don't know. This is just about the external workings, but I do think like yes. our own anecdote, which Sorry, might lead us right. to psychedelics. Right. Great. You know, maybe we'll make more than we did off Chris Bond Command off no. of a psychedelic business You're 100% totally right. in integrity, but Meta is going to conquer the world and it's massive and they have lied to Game. a ton of people that they said they were going to buy and then didn't and then spun up competitors. And yes, it's not technically illegal and people have complained about it a ton and it hasn't stopped them from just taking over the world. So you're it depends right. what you're solving for. And I think karmically, yes, but I don't want to get on the podcast and just be like, it's even, you'll, you'll even make it's more even money better. in the long run no, no, by being right. honest. It's like, well, it depends, I guess sometimes. Yes. No, in the span of a human life, which is just not that long. And with respect to concrete ends, like making the most money, strategic lies are going to get you there faster than blanket honesty, for sure. Yeah, some weird combo of being honest, but also lying at the most opportune times yes. while making something that is a good product. We'll make you more money than pure honesty. But the question is like, how does that come back and influence the stress that he feels because the markets hate him or his his relationship? Is, I don't know. I don't I don't know if... Well, here, yeah, I mean, and now we have, now we're going to reach the point where everybody would rather be themselves. And so he's going to say, it was fucking great. It's fucking I'm great. Mark Zuckerberg. I'm really happy with and my, I'm gonna my say, life. Yeah. I'm glad I'm me. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. I basically just didn't want to get here and say, oh, in the long run, that's how you make the most money. No, no, I don't think, think it is. It's hundred right. not. It's hundred percent not. But, but there is luckily, I think in today's world, and this isn't true in every society. I think there's in some societies uh, in which to continue living, you must lie. Uh, so I don't know. I'm thinking of like, when they had the uh, cultural revolution in China, let's say if you were an academic on the wrong side of that, you, you can die or you can Yeah, you're saying in the U.S. Breathing. and many countries today, yes. you can be honest and make a good living and live well and be happy yes. without the weight and stress of your, keeping your lies straight and the karmic or psychic mm-hmm. cost, which I agree with. Yes, and that's not true of everybody in the U.S. There's certain neighborhoods where that might not be true, but, but 
I think that's true for a lot of people. It's yeah, some households where that might be. I mean, you yeah. might just talk about your sexuality and then your dad just beats the shit out of you. Yeah, him. yeah. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's very, very case by case how honest you can be. Yeah, so it's not, it's not of the entire country. But uh, it seems that one, us included, would want more of that. No, I mean, I do think, uh, I've, I've mentioned the titles. I'm curious if you see any others that... Uh, oh, dude, I regularly have to neuter... Where we're at is neutered, just to be clear. Like, I could get better titles, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just don't because I don't think I can deliver on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just curious if there's another area where we're not... I think we're pretty good on sales pages. I think titles are the area that have stuck out in my mind as the least... Yeah, the most the most prone to lies, least... Not not everyone, but, like, the word immediately just has a connotation that is not true. And I'm, I'm sure that there's other ones as well. If I looked at it, I'd be like, yeah, that's that's a stretch if I were to ask if it accurately describes the benefit of this video or what's occurring in this video. Yeah. And I would have a defense, I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. just like everybody else. Who, yeah. <laughs> if you accuse anybody of lying, they're well, going to have to, I'm, even we can take my videos. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, I'm not saying. No, no. Well, I'm saying I, I'm biased towards charisma on command. And sure. so I have, I have, uh, strong arguments for why that's, there's not lies and mm-hmm. that they're totally justified. And what I'm saying is, that's how everyone feels. So it's not even worth, yeah, yeah. I don't think going through that exercise because I can, if you think people think that's interesting, but. No, we don't have to do it live. I think it's a good one to do in life. Yeah. I think the videos deliver on their promise are completely free and help people. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Very good. Anyways, I didn't have a ton this week. That's all that I really have. Cool. I also didn't have a ton this week. <laughs> I did have one that I think is interesting, which is just about incentives. And again, it's, I don't know how to fix it. Maybe we'll come up with the answer on the podcast today. Maybe someone's genius in the podcast will. But there's a problem with our incentives in the U.S. in the law industry. And I was talking to a friend of ours who's very well pedigreed. Did we speak about this on the podcast? No, this is different. Okay. And he does environmental law. And so he is doing a Supreme Court case right now. He is on the government side trying to litigate against an oil company so that they're responsible for an oil spill. And the oil company is trying to externalize that to the taxpayers by saying this isn't our fault. He is making a small fraction of what their lawyers are making because the U.S. government, despite having trillions and trillions of dollars, just doesn't have a big budget for their lawyers. And Exxon and all the other gas companies are willing to spend a ton of money on this to avoid paying for their oil spills. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I mean, he is he is basically taking a massive pay cut. And when I asked him, he said, most of the people that are doing my job just are not there. They went yeah, to yeah. Yeah. worse schools. They don't have a lot of law experience. Once they get more law experience, they leave for higher paying jobs. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the other side and it's the best and brightest making the most money. And that's not great for the U.S., people <laughs> who then end up paying for oil companies, oil spills, but I don't know how to solve it because the way the incentives are structured, it totally makes sense why the oil companies just pay out the ass for really good lawyers and the U S can't or won't. Uh, and well, it's kind of sucks. Yeah. It's kind of the similar thing to what we were just describing, which is incentives are there to curb what is uh, an innate selfishness in people and corporations, which is even if this is my fault, 
I don't want to, <laughs> you know, like, well, I'm saying the incentives for the lawyers are not actually to curb the incentives for the lawyers make it so that <clears throat> you are a brilliant straight a Harvard law student who wants to make the world a better place, but has $300,000 of debt. And so you go just sell your soul to an oil company to help so them. You don't have to even say sell your soul. You, you go work at an oil company and maybe sure. there's times where they oughtn't be liable, you know? And well, this was, question was i actually don't know how these guys sorry i guess i shouldn't have said his name <laughs> cut his name my my friend's question was how genuinely he goes i don't know how they justify it or sleep because to me it seems so one-sided and i'm sure they would have i encouraged him to go talk to them i said go find out let me know what they say just go yeah. ask them oh i'm at sure the end of your trial well this is the human mind is is like a big favor doer for mm -hmm. your own survival and your own benefit and it will just help you sleep at night uh, it'll it'll just convince you that you're on the you're on the side of the angels that what you're doing is either necessary or morally defensible or the system is structured in such a way this is what i've heard a lot of like i've asked lawyers you know how do you defend people it's like well this is actually what the system needs mm -hmm. is is it needs the best defense and the best offense to combine and produce an impartial well it's okay you just proved that that's not what's happening and like, I, no sorry <laughs> i agree with that theory i agree with that theoretically the is, which are you joining yeah the offense or the defense the environment or the gas company, the, you know what I mean? And I think that that- and the answer is whoever gives whoever me the most more. money. Yeah. Yes. And so as, guess what? When all of, when everybody, not just the smartest, the dumbest people make these decisions too, mm -hmm. what you wind up with is a lopsided, <laughs> is, is whoever has more money is going to win cases they shouldn't win. No, and I saw this. Based I went, on the merits. I went to a school that had a lot of really bright people and they- get funneled into working on Wall Street, basically. You, that's just the the school and the prestige and the peer pressure and the pay gets a lot of these people to go away from engineering and inventing things that can help change the world, being politicians or doctors or whatever into, we'll go on Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And that's just not great. Yeah. And so I don't know what the solution is, but... Well, it seems like people are more prone to do awful things when they live in a scarce mindset and environment so for instance the kids in your college aren't starving obviously mm -hmm. but they uh the scarcity that they feel is one of prestige scarcity mm -hmm. like they do not feel valued enough good enough and therefore they must compete fight very hard do things they wouldn't otherwise do so i think there's like two approaches to fixing the world the one is to fix material conditions so that people have the stuff that they need. And you'll see, like, there's less stealing when people are rich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we don't, we don't need it when we have all of that stuff. But there's still these, you don't yeah, think so? Yeah, there's probably, there is less. Sorry, I was just thinking there are still, you know, Ponzi scheme type people. who. Oh, but I imagine, like, go, go to, like, uh, back in time to no, where shit was more dire. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, it's just easier. I to, was just thinking there are people who will steal even when rich. And exactly what's missing there is, like, there's a spiritual scarcity mm -hmm. or whatever choose your word it's not material in that case even though it's being expressed through money there's like a hole that they feel that needs to be filled with uh being having the biggest fund and the best returns and going to the best parties because they don't feel wanted enough so you can either try to fix the world or then you also on the flip side you get like these stories of incredible acts of benevolence in concentration camps which is a situation of total deprivation but clearly there's some some people or some things that spark, uh, fuck it. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to try to do what feels right here. Here's my, lo here's the loaf of bread that I was going to have. Uh, and I actually don't know which one is 
better to like just give people more stuff. I guess you want to do a two pronged approach. I don't know how to really train people to uh, give to be the guy who is less concerned with his own not survival, but like whatever comes after. Well, survival. China's done it right. Hmm? That China's done it. They have a culture that's much more us than me focused. I think mm-hmm. that's. I mean. So we are told, unless it's just a big hmm. propaganda that's not true. But I, my impression is that culturally they put much more emphasis on family unit and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Same thing with uh, Costa Rica, I think, and countries in Scandinavia, right? Yeah. I do wonder that if the incentives are just a little bit hidden, it's like, oh, we put emphasis on the family because you'll be excommunicated as an individual if you do not. You know, if it's like, if it's just a roundabout way of having people optimizing what's best for them as individuals because the culture has said the only way to make it here you is to like honor your elders Mm -hmm. and and submit to the will of the of the group i don't know yeah i think raising the floor high enough also does have an effect 100 i don't i don't want to uh you know just oh it's so easy just no it's print money and give it to people but i think steal and lie if i was poor 100 percent. well i was thinking of australia and i and how high their minimum wage is and they have their healthcare and all that. We have friends there and the ambition to be rich is much lower. So I'm just thinking just, just greed, basically. I don't know if this is better or worse, but there it seems like there's less overall hunger for massive amounts of wealth mm-hmm. from the anecdotal experience I have there with friends and with their friends mm-hmm. because people feel just pretty comfortable doing their thing. They don't have as much of the, I need to be a billionaire. I need to take over the world mindset that i mm-hmm. see in my u.s friends yeah and obviously this is just totally anecdotal maybe i'm dead wrong but that's what they've told me as well about australia it's like people are just happier to to chill mm-hmm. and that's i think very heavily influenced by the fact that australia has a pretty high floor for where you end up if you just chill yeah um i'm just thinking of our friend you know it's interesting so he yeah why why do some people make those decisions and i do think if i look at my own life if it's like morality is is towards the top of meso's hierarchy like you need time and space oftentimes to think but then there are these other seemingly instinctive things that people do in concentration camps where it's like look you don't have time or space to think but you just valued something more than your own survival Mm -hmm. uh i don't know what conditions or how that happens honestly yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't actually personally know any anecdotes where people did it for complete strangers. Mm-hmm. The ones I can think of are loved Family, ones. Yeah. Family, friends, a girlfriend, even someone that they had just met a year ago but were in love with and mm-hmm. their relationship was very important to them giving them a reason to survive, let's say. I mean, I think of one story in particular. This, this guy just, you know, was in love and this this was a thing that Gave him a reason to live in a horrible mm-hmm. condition. And that's who he shared his food with. Mm-hmm. And he's hung, hunger. <laughs> he was already hungry. He yeah. was already starving. But he starved a little bit more so that she would starve a little bit less. Mm-hmm. But I think the relationship, cliche as it sounds, like fed him in a different way. Mm-hmm. I can't think off the top of my head, and I'm not a Holocaust expert. I didn't go to school to study this, of someone who was... Schindler, right? I don't know. Never oh. saw Schindler's list. Uh, I think I neither did I, but I know that the stories of a guy who didn't have relationships with these people who put themselves in, you know, serious personal risk to. Oh no, that happens. Sorry, I'm talking about starving people. Oh, that will starve to death. You said de- you said deprivation. He could have died. Yes, people were. Well, no, no, people will risk their lives to help people. Mm-hmm. 
they'll go from abundant to dead. But in a position I was of already saying, scarcity. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm yeah. saying I can't think of anyone okay. who's starving to death but gives food to strangers. They give food to their kids, their yeah. loved ones, this and that. But there are definitely people who... Risk abundance. Yeah. Yeah, will go from living a good life to dead. Yeah. To do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. There was that scientist. There was a German Nazi scientist who, who would quote-unquote do experiments. And he just made... As many as he could without giving it away, made his experiments like, what would happen if someone was just forced to sleep 24 hours in a day? <laughs> and he knows it's impossible, but these guys just never get to sleep. And so he's like, here's a bed and some warmth. And now you have to, you have to sleep for 24 yeah, yeah, yeah. hours. And he just tried to design experiments around, what if someone only ate this food? You know what I mean? He was constantly just trying to like help people interesting. Never not live one. shitty lives. Yeah. He uh, was lauded he went up in the nuremberg trials and a bunch of mm-hmm. jews came out and said this guy who is in you know you're you're gonna think he's a bad guy because he was in charge of the experiments and some yeah. of the experiments were bad fucking horrible this guy saved my life and like a bunch of people came out and said that about oh. him so yeah i think that definitely does happen but my question was when people are starving will they give their food to strangers mm-hmm. yeah as i think of it is what you want to do is however you can is you want to make people feel abundant and that can be like set up relationships set up material conditions it's just it's just easier to or be good kind and open-handed when you feel that you have enough can i give you one that's way less that sounds way less sexy but it's really effective yeah or guilty <laughs> make them feel really guilty about doing bad things yeah that's hell put, put them in a tremendous amount of pain for the status quo seriously yeah it is very effective i know it's not as sexy it doesn't sound as good as like oh just inspire but it's actually a very effective thing that's a large reason why we donate so much to charity mm-hmm. just a sense of guilt at not doing it yeah. so it does, it does. If, in terms of making the effect in the world spiritually it's not it's not an enlightenment path but if you could just works. make everyone yeah. feel horribly guilty about doing things that you didn't want them to do. It would also be very effective if you were trying to puppeteer behavior. Mm. Hi, bud. Got it. All right. Do you have anything else? No, that's it. Short one today. Short one today. Justin, let's do some questions. Sweet. I got one for you guys. So due to COVID, I've spent entire... sick today? What's going on? Yeah, I lost my voice, but I tested negative for COVID. I heard that sniffle, dude. Yeah, I didn't notice. Go ahead. Um, So due to COVID, I have spent the entirety of my university career online. All my friends from high school being far more intelligent than I fled their families to attend schools all over the country. And worst of all, my D&D group fell apart four months ago because my DM has had some things come up. Tragic. (laughs) I'm going to university for the first time now and aiming to make some friends, but a combination of my ineptitude on the online sphere and the fact that my program was the last to come back to school meant that everyone else had already formed friend groups. How should I tackle trying to make friends and maybe even forming a D&D group when most others have already established groups and clubs and extra clubs and extracurriculars still haven't opened up because of university bureaucrats? Oh, that's tricky. Spicy. And I also wanted to add that I'm looking forward to your guys' D&D show and finally that Ben Blade Singers are the best. <laughs> hey, my guy. D&D show is going to be trash. Don't get too excited. Uh, we're trying our best. So, yeah, I mean, the clubs thing makes it really tough. College, I actually don't even know what college looks like in a COVID world. I, I like, I, do you go to campus? Are you in dorms? Well, it, sounds Are like, you, it sounds like this person just got back to campus. Okay, so they're in campus, staying at a dorm, 
Potentially. I don't know if they're staying at a dorm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, okay, so what? here's what I think. Where do people meet in college? Okay. Uh, well, so I don't know. Here's what I would do. I would just use this one, this one sentence over and over again. <laughs> if I were transported back to being 19, but I was in a college campus where I missed my whole freshman year, let's say. And so people have their friends, right? I would just walk around to people that were in my classroom sitting next to me or when sitting at a table in a cafeteria and I would just go, hey, I don't think I've met you yet. I'm Ben. <laughs> and it's a very simple line, but it's very effective in bars and clubs. And I think it would work on a college campus. And I would even say like, hey, what's up? I don't think I met you yet. I'm Ben. I'm part of this program that literally this is my first day on campus. Mm-hmm. And I would just do that as often as I could. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that is going to be well-received or poorly received, depending on how comfortable you seem and how smiley you are and how you're dressed. And it's it's basically going to be your thin slice plus that line yeah. is what I would rely on well, to meet a bunch of people. Yeah. So college campuses. Also, a- sorry, I just want to say one thing. College sanctioned events and clubs being nixed does not mean that on-campus events have been nixed. Like there may be fraternities having football nights and you could still rush a fraternity or, and get invited to football every week. At least in the U.S., that was hap- that happens. And the campus doesn't know anything about it. Uh, so you could still look for things of that nature. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know what it is like with COVID, what you are and are not allowed to do. Um, to your thing, I, d- I think it in many cases would go better with like a um, some sort of a question preceding it. And it might be like a, just a simple orienting question like, Hey, are you guys students in the philosophy school? Like you're in the philosophy building. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, are you guys students at the philosophy school? Oh yeah, we're like grads. Oh nice. Like I just got it. It, it just seems, um, <clears throat> I think in these closed environments of a college campus that those little orienting questions just signals like, yo, I'm in, I'm one of you guys. Like I was checking to see if you are this thing that I also am. But no, it's not, you're not going to say, are you students here? Or like, um, but I think that that could work for a lot of, situations where you're near a particular school or I guess there's not a lot of events I was going to say I think if you're sitting in a classroom turning to someone next to you and saying hey I don't think I've met you yet is going to work every time if you're in a classroom for sure yeah, yeah if you're just sitting in finance class yeah. and you at least for mine we didn't have assigned seats so every every week you're just sitting next to someone new and you just sit down and you go hey I don't think I've met you yet I'm Ben and you smile and seem normal mm-hmm. I think that's going to go yeah reasonably well I also would recommend if you're in class which I don't know if you're I guess it sounds like they're in person again um Say one more sentence is a good thing. That's just a general charisma tip. But like a lot of these initial interactions might not result in the exchange of phone numbers, but mm-hmm. you're just going to like, dude, that homework was so hard. Oh my God. Like I, I stayed up all night. And it's like, that's all that you'll say to that guy for that class. But the next class, it's like your friends. Like you sit down, you're like, dude, what's up, man? Just talk to everyone. Now, <laughs> yeah. so I, I blew this because I, at the time, was not particularly friendly when I was 18. But someone was, I was wearing an Eagles jersey. And someone was like, yo, man, are you an Eagles fan? I'm from Philly. That's a great idea. It didn't lead to us having a friendship right away. We became friends later and he teases me for being a dick. Uh, But it's a great idea. And if you do it often enough, friendships will come from it. It's not a 100% strategy. But if it were me, again, I'm on a college campus. I'm 19 and I don't know anyone. I'm in line at Chipotle and someone's in front of me and someone's behind me. I'm just looking around. Is there something I can comment on? A Lakers jersey, a sports hat. They're reading a book about a certain thing. And maybe if they're not re- if they're reading a book, maybe don't interrupt them. But like they're holding a book about yeah, philosophy. Yeah. I'm looking to make observational conversation, yeah, whenever possible, 
and seeing if I connect well with anyone and who's receptive to it. And I expect that the majority will lead to nothing but a conversation. But I do expect that 10% of them would lead to, at the end of it, like, hey, you seem cool, man. Do you want to go... But even beyond that, and the bar, or and something. the fact that it's this closed circle where it's this repeat, yeah, you're going to see him again. Is like okay, are, is that going to work in a giant city? Like, yeah, maybe ten percent of the time or less, you'll connect with people. It's like you're just going to constantly be bumping. That's into actually these a great point again. that you don't even have to necessarily you don't have to rush. go anywhere. You don't have to rush for anything because you, you see anywhere. a guy at Chipotle. Hey, was oh, not, dude, Lakers, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, all right, cool man. Hey, what was your name by the way? Charlie. Oh, I'm Ben. Yeah, yeah all right. Nice did you see you. the game last night, dude? Yeah, you see them in a week. And then it's like, yo, we're watching the game. It's it's that that stuff can be an evolving mm-hmm. process, and I think is how it, it often goes in college. Um, basically, what happens in college is everybody pairs up with the first person that's like next to them, their roommate or whatever, and then their other relationships are formed <laughs> in the ways that we've said more slowly. Over yeah, time. I even did this with art, and I I wasn't. Uh, we have different night ideas of like nightlife, so it didn't <laughs> really go anywhere. But even a neighbor is an adult. People always say it's hard to make adult friends, but I just had a guy on my hallway who's similar age and we just did that for a, a month you know what i mean just conversation no plans one day we're chatting at his door and he's like hey by the way i have friends in here watching the football game do you want to yeah. come in and i was like sure i've been in la for a month i'm down to make friends you know what i mean so i just go in and now meeting him and three of his friends and we're hanging out for a couple hours watching football i don't care that much about football mm-hmm. but it was just a cool opportunity easy. to yeah. kind of make friends it was an easy yes that might have been strange the first day yeah no way I would have gotten the invite the first day. It was the 11th time we talked, <laughs> you know, over the course of two months, let's say. Yeah. Very um, good. So, yeah, I think that's a really good call, too. In those closed environments, you can just be friendly and then allow serendipity, be friendly with everyone mm-hmm. and allow serendipity to kind of put you in people's paths. What about for D&D? Um, I, I think you can also be a beacon by wearing, you could wear D&D shirts that people who yeah, don't, yeah. Especially for the throw people a critical who, role shirt on. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Don't wear a shirt that says Dungeons and Dragons. I wouldn't, at least, because that was not cool Legend. when I was yeah. a teenager. But you could wear a critical role shirt or something like that. That's not initially means nothing except for to the people who like it. If they ask you, be like, "Oh, this is a D and D show that I'm." Crazy oh yeah, about for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't hide it. But I'm just saying, I think that that what that does is it's going to bring people who do like D and D. They can be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you like critical? Role? I like critical role." Mm-hmm. So now you're allowing other people to have those serendipitous conversations yeah. with you as well. And you probably, like, you'll eventually get to what you like. Like, bring up the odds I'm a tabletop gamer. I love, like, nerd games like that. And the people who are the right people, be like, oh, what kind of games? And the people that don't care will be like, oh, and they'll talk about something else. Yeah, so yeah, we talk, I don't talk- want to get too deep. Like, we, we've, there's a lot of charisma videos out there that we've made. Yeah. Um, but when you're in conversation with people, imagine yourself throwing out a bunch of different threads that people can select if they want to hook into. Mm-hmm. And so just make sure you're throwing out the thread when people ask you what you are up to or you know, that kind of stuff, what you do for fun, that that is a thread that is present. Yeah, you made a friend, you made a video on how to make friends as an adult that I would recommend this person watch. Cool. Also, anyone who wants to connect with people at events, I recently watched a video Charlie made about networking that I thought was really good. Well done, dude. It was from 2018. Nice. You were, you were very wise back then. I had it. Yeah. So if the Charisma on Command had a network, if you're interested in connecting with people at events, I found it to be a very good video. Fantastic. Cool. What are we talking about on Patreon today, Justin? Patreon today, we got a, if the sex god method is pickup artist bullshit, Jordan (laughs) Peterson's waning credibility and splitting the check on the first date. Okay. Some good ones today. Or Jordan Peterson. Some good ones I feel like I was, not overly, my two topics were like, I didn't like this today. You know? Sometimes you're grumpy. It's okay. 
not grumpy. It's just I disagree, I suppose. Well, but yeah. why, let's say something nice. Why don't you say something nice about Jordan? Uh, I was thinking one of your League of Legends teammates. Ooh. Which one shall I do? Ivan. Should I do Ivan? Yeah. Ivan, Ivan nice got much better with Warwick. Ivan, Ivan actually... He's Ivan, honestly already a better jungler than he is ADC. Yes. No, he's um has a positive impact on the games when he's a Warwick these days, which is a total shift from Misfortune. <laughs> Justin's still the best. Justin is the best. Do you Twitch? My, yes. Can, you, can people follow you? Me? People watch you play? I don't think I'm good enough to Twitch. Well, you if you come into norms, you are. Yeah. <laughs> when you go 20 and 0 in norms. Yeah. All right, let's go to Patreon. All right. Wait, were you going to say something else? I was going to say Justin has the best skills, but also is the most likely to be like, I'm going to three on one this. Like, it's like, no, we're coming down lane. He's like, no, no, that's why, that's why I have to go right now. Justin's, <laughs> he's like, got, Justin has what I would describe as the Mamba mentality. He's got yeah. the Kobe Bryant mindset, which yeah. is I recognize that I'm triple teamed, but I also recognize that I can score while triple teamed. So let's find out. So yeah. let's find out. Cool. All right, we're going to hop over to Patreon. If you guys want to check that out, keeps the podcast going, money in Justin's pocket. And we've got some interesting questions today, so hope to see you there. Any dollar amount gets you in. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.